0: spring is here and y'all know what that means It's closet cleaning time. We're sharing a quick, easy steps to tackle those rooms that you'd rather ignore to grab a coffee instead. Let's shake out the cobwebs and do a cleanup on aisle 9. Hi, my name is Stephanie Pleka and I'm here to navigate the messy parts of motherhood. I'm a small town mom of four who took a parenting blog and wrote a book to help moms find the goodness in the hard places to chase their dreams. And write their story. So sit tight in the carpool lane. You know what I'm talking about, mamas. Comfortable in those yoga pants. And get ready to be encouraged. This is the Motherhood Mindset with Stephanie Pletka. I have a hall closet. And it's full of Monopoly games and Twister. I know, it screams nineteen eighty six. This closet though is special, and you know why? Because I have to close it with like a um, like a hip shove. That poor latch on the door is going go 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 go. <laughs> I mean, I pity the person who turns that knob. To be honest, I'm not even sure how or where to start decluttering. So I've brought in the big guns. Today I'm hanging out with Lauren White, a mom, teacher turned professional home organizer who's passionate about being organized, efficient, and helping families find simplicity. Host of the Intentional Edit podcast, a top 50 in home and garden, Lauren's mission is to help overwhelm moms find solutions that result in less stress, And more time doing the things you love. Lauren, thanks for hanging out with me today. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be really fun. Oh, girl, this is something that I need help on. So I'll be taking notes here, and I'm sure other people will as well. So tell us a little bit about your story. You know, how did you end up becoming an organizer and and wanting to help other women?
1: Well, I think becoming an organizer really was a long time coming for me. I've always had natural organizing gifts and I'm really drawn to design and combining form and function. My earliest organizing kind of experience was actually in fifth grade and I organized my best friend's closet. I put all of her shoes in rainbow order. So that was going back quite a few years and... Obviously, that was before all the rainbow order trends that are currently happening. But I ended up going to Arizona State for education, and I started out my teaching career teaching fourth grade, and then I moved to high school kind of social issues with an at-risk population and a little counseling component in that high school job. And all this time, I was Really helping friends with and family with organizing and design and do it yourself projects at home, planning a party, rearranging furniture, finding the perfect recipe. I'm just a problem solver and a planner at heart. And I truly enjoy helping others. So I was always doing this, I just wasn't getting paid for it. And my friends and family were always saying, you should make this a business. You should go to people's houses and they could hire you. And I was like, you can't get paid to organize. Like that at the time, that really wasn't a thing that anyone had heard of. So, and finally, fast forward in 2017, I took the plunge and I started my company Intentional Edit in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I was serving like Scottsdale, Arcadia, PV mostly. And I just I went all in on the professional organizing as a true business where people could hire me to go into their homes. But I found that I was going into these homes, organizing all day. And it really is physically and mentally exhausting, but it was energizing for me. And I was pouring into these other families and refreshing their homes. But in turn, it was refreshing and inspiring for me. So I was like, I totally found my calling. And It was just what i was supposed to be doing but during that time i had a couple opportunities come up where i got to teach and just work with moms more on the importance of systems and routines and doing things in the home incorporating these systems so that your home can run smoothly then the pandemic happened everything was shut down we moved from arizona to colorado And I chose to pivot my business. So I went all in on the virtual coaching and I work with moms, coaching them on time management strategies, purging, decluttering, planning things in their homes, how to maximize spaces, how to organize, and really just getting those systems and creating the routines to maximize so that life is easier. And six months ago, I lost a pod. I launched a podcast and here we
0: are today. Wow, that is amazing. A lot has changed in this uh, last couple of years of COVID. You've moved and you know what I love about it? You're talking about systems and routines. You're talking about time management strategies and maximizing your spaces. So oftentimes for me, It'll be like, oh, someone is coming from out of town, and they're about thirty minutes away, and they didn't tell me. And they're like, hey, can I stop by your house? And I look around, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> it looks like COVID congestion in here. It is craziness, and so I am throwing and slinging, and I just put it all into my um, bedroom closet. And I, it takes two people, you know, and we're trying to shove that door, and all of a sudden it's like, look at my house, it looks great, pretty good anyway. I didn't have any systems in place. And then a month later, I'm still dealing with what's in my, in my bedroom closet. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, so I am going to be taking notes here. Give me a little bit about like, what would you say is the number one problem that women face when organizing their home?
1: So the number one problem can vary and it really depends on the ages of your kids and the season of life that you're in. But a lot of times, in terms of clutter, the number one problem is either the clutter because of the kids stuff, the kids change developmentally so quickly. We're always bringing things in and you think uh, the baby is this tiny little human, but the amount of stuff that a baby requires, or I joke, the, the stuff that a baby comes with, you, you, when you have kids of different ages, then you now you have the baby stuff, you have the toddler stuff, you have the kids stuff, then your kids are growing. And so the physical belongings and the clutter in terms of kids stuff is something that moms struggle with a lot. And often they get caught in the overwhelm and just need actionable steps to solve the issues. And then good systems in the home do that. And it can help. It can be difficult to come up with a solution when you're in the thick of it. But There's plenty of solutions and it is something you can tackle and it makes life easier.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I know when my kids were small, and everything is just, you know, the bright colors, all the primary colors. And I had this, like, perfectly, like, farmhouse chic look, you know, with the whites and the tones. And then all of a sudden, you've got a million Legos laying on the floor. And life can feel overwhelming, especially in the night when you're just trying to go to, the you know, to the bathroom real quick. And then you step on the corner of a Lego, and it just makes you want to go crazy. <laughs> what are some of the uh, solutions that you would suggest if a mom is sitting there right now and she's like, I don't even know where to start?
1: Well, when you're coming up with where to start, it's different for every person. And what I like moms to do is really zone in on their biggest pain point. Where are they struggling? So I say, take a minute and think about where are the parts of the day? What is happening when you feel stressed out, when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel like you're really at that boiling point, what is happening? Are you in the kitchen and the drawer is so full it can't shut? Are you running out the door and you're frustrated because you can't find the things that you need for the next activity? Are you always running late? So figure out in your day where the frustration comes from. And then I, I say, that's your biggest pain point, And you work from there. So you start the decluttering and the organizing of that space. And then you move on and you go to the second space that you have identified as a big frustration and a cause of stress throughout the day.
0: That is a good point. So you were saying, find out what is the biggest pain point? Like where, what is it? Where's the location? Maybe times of day, what, What is happening? What are the triggers? I know for a lot of moms out there, dads don't come home until like 6 in the evening. And there's this just kind of craziness between when the kids come home from school till 6 o'clock, till dinner time, and just trying to prep and get kids home and carpool and homework and bath time. To me, that was always the worst, the craziest. So, you know, for us, my husband would, um, a couple of days a week, he would find a way to work from home and kind of you know, we would tag team it and partner there. So I like how you said like, hey, let's look at this, you know, situation first and just kind of be like, where are we going? I know a, a lot of times it's a mindset issue too. Like for instance, I was helping my father-in-law move and, you know, he would look at a box that he had had from, you know, in 1970. And, and there was some kind of connection to it. I just wanted to throw it away. It felt like no big deal to me, but to him it was, and really, our life is made up of stories. Our A lot of our material things are attached to a story. So could you tell me a little bit more about, you know, maybe how does clutter affect our mindset?
1: So clutter, overall, we know that we have this perception that clutter is bad. You don't want clutter. But in reality, we don't really realize like the general population doesn't realize what a negative effect clutter has on our lives. And clutter is not just the physical stuff, the physical belongings. It's old ideas, toxic relationships, bad habits, anything that is not supporting the life that you want to be living can be considered clutter. In terms of physical clutter, physical clutter is really anything that is piled. Piled up or lying around in an untidy mass, I think is the official definition. But clutter is the negatives of clutter can like it takes up your space. These are things that take up your space when we're talking about physical belongings, consumes our time and energy, causes wasteful spending, increases stress, it increases overwhelm and anxiety and prevents that overall peaceful and tranquil feeling that we're supposed to have within our homes. But the big one that always sticks out to me is the one thing that we can never get back is time. And clutter really takes up our most valuable asset, which is our time.
0: It does take up our time. You know, being efficient, like my pantry right now, I have four teenagers and there's just stuff coming and going and large bags of Costco things. And, and they're eating them so quickly and I'll open them, you know, and there'll be a half a bag of something. And I noticed the other day that I had not really taken account of everything in my pantry. And I had like four bottles of ketchup, three syrups, no bread, you know. And you can really save money when you're not, you don't have like five of something,
1: right? <laughs> that That's true. I do, I have a podcast episode on organizing your pantry and all of the benefits so your pantry is just one example within the home and when you have your pantry organized of course you're you save money because you're not spending money on things you already have and then in a pantry specifically when a organizer goes into a home or even a mom takes the time to remove everything from the pantry and take an inventory so many things are expired that it's not just wasting your money it's wasting of the food and those resources
0: too you know you had also said and i love that point you had said talked about bad habits and toxic relationships and you know all the things so i know for me i love a super clean kitchen i just love it i love scrubbing cleaning i love that you know the 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 circulating of the all the scrub brushes that just makes me happy But then, you know, when my husband's out of town, sometimes the bathroom, just the makeup and all the the cosmetics and things are all over the counter, toothpaste, toothbrushes. Sometimes I'll think, well, he is so messy. But then he goes out of town and I realize I'm the messy one. And he's like, oh, we all knew that all along. (laughs) And some of those bad habits, they really start shining when you realize, you know, you're the only one in the house doing this and they've gone out of town. So it definitely helps you realize, okay, so we need to work on better habits, more efficiency, time management strategies. Tell us a little bit about when we go home, our home is really our sanctuary, right?
1: You want your home to be a place that you can relax in, that you feel comfortable in, but also a place that refreshes and rejuvenates you. It you know, it should be the safe space and give us everything that we need. And when it's full of clutter, it's... It's not a space like that. It's it's contributing
0: to the overwhelm,
1: contributing to the stress and anxiety.
0: Do you remember the Friends episode with Ross? You know, he's the super organized, like, dinosaur science guy. He's on his first date with this girl who he shows up to her apartment. They're sitting on the couch, and it is just a an upheaval of a mess. She is so unorganized. Everything is just gross. This huge like sour cream and onion potato chip bag starts moving across the floor. (laughs) And there is a rat in it and he goes crazy and they start trying to attack it. And she's like, no, it's my pet hamster, you know, that escaped from the cage. I laughed so hard about that. I just think oftentimes it is our sanctuary. That's our place where we want to just be, to chill, to just enjoy our life. And when everything's in clutter and there's just, you know, things everywhere, I know for me, I just wish sometimes I had a dumpster, you know, just one of those big blue dumpsters in the back of the yard that I can just open a kitchen window and just start slinging things and throwing and getting rid of myself. I mean, Uh, Girl can dream, right?
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, clutter does accumulate and you have to have a system to deal with it. But that's funny you mentioned that because I've seen a couple people on Instagram where they do their spring cleaning and they have a dumpster delivered and they really clean out their garage and they, of course, they donate things too. But the feeling that you're explaining is real. It's sometimes you just know that these things are overwhelming to you and you need to get rid of them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of that. The other day I thought I'm going to do some spring cleaning and I opened up one of the closets and you'll look in there and you're like, I don't even remember buying this little raincoat. I've never seen it in my life. Some of these beach towels or some socks. Or for us, we love, we go to Walmart and we'll buy all the flip-flops for the kids so they can run around the pool and stuff. And literally, I found four left flip-flops. Not a right one. No, nowhere. I have no idea where those right flip-flops are. Today, I want to put some of these systems in place. Where where would we start if we're going to start purging? What, what are your suggestions?
1: My first suggestion is to start small because... When you're not naturally organized and the thought of decluttering an entire house seems overwhelming, it is overwhelming. It's purging an entire house is not a realistic project that you're going to do in a few weeks. So break the things down. Start small and don't even think about an entire room. Like if you're taking a kitchen then think about one cabinet at a time or the pantry or even a shelf in the pantry and be realistic for the time that you have and the season of life you're in. If you have three or four little kids at home with you all the time, it's not realistic to remove everything from a large pantry and think you're going to go through it and get it put back in the time span that you have with these little kids and their needs. So be realistic for the individual needs of your family for this season of life and start small. It might just be a drawer. It might be a cabinet. It might be one shelf. And that's okay because one shelf leads to two shelves and three shelves and so on. And before you know it, you do have the whole space organized.
0: Mm, That's a good point. I love that. You know, I was talking to a physician's assistant the other day. She had just moved to Arizona, and she said that she – her grandma had passed away, and it was – they had asked all the family members to come to her house and pick out whatever thing that they wanted. And she said, I was so afraid they would pick these ugly green glasses that meant so much to me. And, of course, when she got there, everybody had, you know, the pick of the litter of everything, but nobody took those glasses, those little plastic cups. But she said, I just remember – what those little green cups meant to me when I was hanging out with my grandma, and we would have a picnic in the backyard, and there was such a story behind it. I know when I was um, taking care of my grandpa, uh, my father-in-law, there was it was really hard to let go of some things because there were such tentacles, you know, that that really pulled to the emotions of his relationship, and he felt like, look, you know, when you get rid of these things, you're getting rid of my story, and we're all made up of stories, right? So I know that mindset is such a huge issue. I have a lot of friends right now who are saying, like, I'm getting ready to go help grandpa or my parents declutter their house. How do you deal with the relationship part of the stuff?
1: Well, sentimental items are a little bit different. But we also have to remember that getting rid of a physical belonging doesn't take the memory away. You always have that memory. So if there are things like a giant sofa that you always took a family picture on, that's not something that's realistic to save if you're not going to use it. You can't just easily store a sofa. But in terms of the glasses that you mentioned, if she's going to use those glasses, then there's something that she wants and there's something that she's using. If you're using something, it's not clutter. When you are in the process of going through like a grandparent or a parent's home and you're trying to figure out what to keep, it's okay to keep some things that are sentimental, but think about if you know, with the glasses, if you're going to use the glasses, that's great. If you're keeping the stuff because you're boxing it up and it's going to be in a box in an attic for the next 20 years, it's not giving you those memories. And it's not doing anything for you but collecting dust and being cluttered in the attic for someone else to deal with at a later time. So in terms of the sentimental things, be ruthless with those. I always say be ruthless in your decluttering and really think about do you need it? Do you use it? Do you want it? And with the sentimental items, it's the same thing. Is it okay to have a small tub of things that are stored away and that you don't use all the time? Absolutely. But is it okay to have 20 tubs or 20 boxes stored away in the attic? Probably not. I can't think of a a scenario where I would be encouraging that, but use the things. If something is important to you, use these things and have them out. Like I have a, a dish that was my grandparents' And I have a couple things from them and I have them in different places in my home. Like one of them sits on the coffee table and I always have to, you know, an assortment of nuts in there. I'm using it. If it was put away in a box in storage or in the back of a cabinet and I didn't get it out, it would be pointless to have it. It's just adding to the clutter. It's taking up valuable space and it's not bringing back those memories for me because I'm never even getting it out.
0: Wow. That's true. Well, that's a good point. I love this. My husband asked me the other day what I wanted for Mother's Day. And I said a clean house. And he's like, hmm, what else? (laughs) I have girlfriends going to uh, celebrate mom's weekend at the Strawberry Inn, May 7th. And it is the cutest little boutique hotel with dinner catered by cloth and flame. So this may be my gift. So, honey, if you hear this, go to com. <laughs> Please. Look, if I wanted to incorporate my kids into creating a system, what is the one thing I should do?
1: Be considerate of the ages of your kids and what is reasonable. The expectations should be for their ages. So think about like what is age appropriate. And if your kids are a little bit older, really explain to them sit down, have a conversation, come up with this, the system. Most systems in a home only take a few minutes of time and they replace habits that you're doing that are not serving you. So if your new system incorporates that, the kids take their dishes to the sink and rinse them and put them in the dishwasher, explain it to them. Depending on the ages, you might need to do some kind of a chore chart, a reward system, but having open communication and explaining that when mom has to do all of this on her own, it's a 20 minute task. When everyone helps, it doesn't take more than five minutes. And then we have the time to play a game before bath time or do something fun together that they're looking forward to. And it is amazing when you have open communication and you explain things to them. And of course, explain things appropriate for their ages, then kids want to spend time with you. They want to, for moms to be present in the moment. So when they see what's happening, when they do these things, it's a natural consequence. It's a positive thing that happens. And all of a sudden taking a dish to the sink or taking a dish to the sink and putting it in the dishwasher becomes a routine for them. And nobody is even thinking about it anymore. It's just happening. And it's replaced to that that habit of leaving the dirty dish on the table or wherever they were eating.
0: Oh, that's true. It really does take a village because I am not just their maid, right? I'm their mother. And it's really about creating relationships and building that legacy. And I know for me, when I say I want a clean kitchen, the kids just thought, well, that just means throwing everything in the dishwasher and starting it. And sometimes they wouldn't even start it. So I had to say, look, this is what a clean kitchen looks like to me. And that means cleaning every thing off of the table, putting all the salt and pepper and all the things away, throwing out the garbage. Like there's a four step system here to create this thing. So I like how you're saying, don't just say it, but like actually show them. And then at the end have something fun that like we're going to play basketball in the front yard or we're going to do, you know, something that's fun. So you have been such a pleasure. I can't even believe time has run out. So tell us, Lauren, where can people contact you?
1: Well, they can contact me through my website, intentionaledit.com, or I'm pretty much on all social platforms at Intentional Edit. I'm most active on Instagram. So feel free if you have questions to send me a message over there. And they can listen to my podcast, The Intentional Edit Podcast.
0: That's awesome, Lauren. Thank you for helping us declutter our homes and in turn decluttering our lives. So until next time, here's to living your best life.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Hey guys, if this show has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to click the five stars and tell me what you think over on Apple Podcast. You can go to my website at stephaniepletka.com and subscribe, or grab a copy of my book, Living Your Best Life, or even download the Audible for Moms on the Go. Are you in the Phoenix area? Tune into Faith Talk 1360 every Monday at 4, or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until then, here's to living your best life.